I'm out in the prime cut of the big green. Behind me is Ed and Rowdy, members of an up-and-coming sub-adult gang. They're challenging everything, including me. Goes with the territory. If I show weakness, if I retreat, I may be hurt, I may be killed. I must hold my own if I'm gonna stay within this land. For once there is weakness, they will exploit it, they will take me out, they will decapitate me, they will chop me into bits and pieces. I'm dead, but so far, I persevere. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Seat Struck Movie Podcast. Today is Sunday, 18th of September, and we're on episode 57, uh, back to my canon, Curtis's Canon series. We're looking at uh, Werner Herzog's documentary, Grizzly Man from 2000. So we'll have a lot of fun with that too. And maybe some Werner Herzog uh, impressions along the way too. And uh, my name is Curtis, as, as always. And I'm joined with my usual suspect, uh, John. Hey, folks. And a special guest, Katie, today. Hi. Katie's from Florida too. We were trying to get the two Florid- Floridians uh, with Simon together today, but he's away this week. So, And Sally, we, we have no Quinn either, but uh, we'll have Quinn back for spooky season, which will kickstart next week too. And we'll all, we're, going, we're going hard this year. So we're going to go into November with that uh, too. But today we're going to look at uh, Grizzly Man 2, Timothy and the Bears by uh, Bavarian director Werner Herzog, my favorite director, one of my favorite movies too. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of, It was kind of the gateway drug for me kind of <laughs> getting into... Uh, uh, Werner Herzog, but I'll talk more about that later too. As always, too, before we dive into the movie, we like to talk about what we watched this week too. So, John, what did you uh, what did you get around to watching this week? Oh, I watched uh, I watched a few things. Uh, started off my week, I watched uh, uh, the more recent um, Will Ferrell, um, John C. Riley comedy duo picture, Holmes and Watson, which got pretty terrible reviews when it came out. A lot of people thought it was kind of dumb. I actually laughed quite a bit in it. <laughs> I thought it was great. <laughs> I think they still got it, even though it's not at the, you know, the levels of like Anchorman and Talladega Nights and some of the more Adam McKay stuff. And now that he's kind of doing his own kind of separate creative endeavors, but I, I still had a lot of fun. There's some pretty fun moments in it. Uh, good performances. Um, but overall it, it wasn't one of their best efforts, but it was still pretty funny. Um, I, I also went to the theater a few times this week. I rolled out uh, earlier this week. Uh, thankfully I'm no longer sick with COVID. So I was yeah, able to actually go out covered. into the world. <laughs> and I was worried that I wasn't be able to, going to be able to see this when it was, you know, gone, but thankfully was able to go see Jaws uh, for its most, most recent re-release. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I actually saw it in the uh, like the real 3D conversion, which I haven't seen a 3D movie thinking about it in, in quite a while. Um, but it was actually kind of a trip, like the fact that it's such an old movie and even like the opening title with like the uni- old Universal logo was all in 3D. It was very interesting. I, I, I can't I, help but I'm, think there's going to be I'm, more of those type of I, I saw the original uh, Jaws, I think, too, with the Jurassic Park. It was like a Spielberg double bill in the Mayfair and it looked so good. And I thought, you know, when you were on Twitter, I thought you were talking about Jaws 3D, which is a terrible movie. Yeah, I said not to, to be I said confused to, with the third one. Yeah, I, I said to <laughs> a cardboard shark on twitter <laughs> john's probably like what the fuck it's the original jaws not this piece of crap you know <laughs> but uh it, it, jaws is one of my favorite movies of all time um i mean i'm not good at making lists but it would probably be up there in my top 10 for sure so uh re-watching this i mean, this format was was a was a big treat i mean there i i, I want to have a mine own episode talking about jaws for sure so i don't want to speak too much about it otherwise just that coming back to it still an amazing movie still um i think it, at its best in some of its kind of more quiet human moments i mean it's kind of funny that this movie was the movie that kicked off the jaws exploitation of all these crazy crazy animal and crazy shark movies and you know was this massive success that kind of kicked off blockbuster filmmaking but um really it's and it's human moments that the movie's kind of the best and the shark kind of is secondary to that part of it. So really fun to come back to it. Excited. To, yeah, we're going to talk about it in more detail at some point for sure. Um, I've also been on a bit of a James Bond rewatch, uh, trying to get through some of those 
earlier ones. And I uh, finally got to the uh, the first George Lazenby, well, the first and only one that he did uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is a little bit of a weird Bond movie. Mm. It seems like every 10, 15 years, they have these kind of more uh, size. The, the anomalies. <laughs> it's, it's an inherently kind of conservative series, but they kind of have these kind of more shift, big shifting movies every decade. And this is one of them. This is uh, not only the fact that it's a new Bond, kind of a soft boy Bond. He's sort of like this more quieter, <laughs> gentler. I mean, I like Connery in some ways. I think he is a better performer. I mean, he's a pure actor. He's not a model like Lazenby was and I think he's a little bit more has a little bit more charisma and stuff but um I will say it kind of works in Lazenby's favor because he's a little bit softer a little bit kinder he's less of like an overt sex pest like Sean Connery is you kind yeah, of he's, believe he's kind of more into his the romance this time you know yeah you, Reed, kind yeah. Of believe, yeah you kind of believe his relationship with Tracy because like there, there's a bit more of like a power uh balance there uh, but I, I was surprised that she actually is gone for most of the movie so it's kind of odd because I mean she is a great performance in this and she's a great actress but um she's gone for like a good hour and a half and it's just the movie kind of slows down but I still really enjoyed parts of it it's shot really well I can't remember the director's name but a lot of interesting kind of sped up quick cuts. It feels almost like watching Quantum of Solace at times because it's so quick and snappy. It, it has a lot more of like modern kind of style the way it's edited. But um, I, I think it has some warts, but it, I overall had a pretty good time uh, with it. It's a bit long, but it was it was a, it was a solid. The ending's time. quite a shocker too, you know, like the I won't spoil it, but like the credit hour. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a bit <laughs> bit of a I can't imagine watching that in the theater. I mean, at the end, it does say like James Bond will be back, but it's like it's like it's like if you ended the Avengers see, where see like, the funeral, yeah. where one of them dies and they don't do the extended scene. It was just like, yeah, that's it. And then, yeah, don't worry. The Avengers will be back. Don't worry. Like, it's just so weird how it's done. But um, yeah, good, good time overall. And um, yesterday uh, rolled out to see uh, one I've been very much anticipating seeing for a while uh, the newest uh, A24 kind of stop motion film, uh, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, which is, of course, based on the, the YouTube short videos that they did uh, around 10, 12, or 10, 10 to 8 years ago, uh, voiced by Jenny Slate playing Marcel the Shell, directed by uh, uh, Dean Fleischer Camp, who also stars in it as kind of the little documentarian. It's sort of a little bit of a mockumentary uh, film uh, where this filmmaker goes to this Airbnb. It used to be a house where this little shell named Marcel lives, lives there with his uh, grandmother, who's voiced by Isabel. Bella Rossellini and they're the last two of this kind of what used to be this larger community of shells there was this big split that happened and all the shells were accidentally taken and so it's funny the trailers make it look a little bit like it's going to be kind of like a road movie but most of the film really takes place at home and it really kind of deals with um, the idea of kind of overcoming a bit of a trauma and kind of dealing with you know what does it mean to be family and and seeking seeking adventure and god I me and me and my fiance we cried so much in this movie like I, the, I, I left the theater I was so moist it's like I was laughing and crying so much and like I, my whole face and like sure it was just soaked it was an amazing experience a really beautiful film um not really getting a lot of buzz but i think when this comes to streaming within the next few months this movie's really going to blow up because it's uh, it was really impressive really funny at times too there was so many funny moments um i like how marcel the character he's a little bit like kind of he kind of roasts people at times like there's this dog that lives in the house who's like a, a real dog and uh marcel lights a little lantern kind of in memory for like the family that's left and it floats away it's a really beautiful scene but then you hear the dog barking and he's like oh that dog just barks at it he doesn't understand what it is he's like stupid idiot <laughs> like it's so funny <laughs> the movie's so sacred sweet he has this kind of bite criticism it's it's it was really fun i had a it was one of my favorite movies of the year for sure i had a, I had a blast with it um curtis what did what did you watch this week 
Yeah, so I watched a couple things. Uh, I was really excited for this week's episode, obviously. And so I checked out another uh, documentary about uh, Timothy Treadwell, who we'll be talking about in detail today. He's a guy we live with bears for 13 years. Um, and at the end, he um, he was uh, ki- uh, killed and mostly eaten by a bear. Uh, but there's another documentary that looks at the case too, and it's a lot more interviews, very oh, low cool. budget. It was, I think it was done in Kodiak, I think. And it's all these bear biologists and they talk about Treadwell and everything. And obviously... Treadwell is a very divisive figure, um, but it was kind of interesting to have kind of a low budget take on it to compare it to, you know, Werner Herzog's documentary, which I loved, obviously, uh, but I w- it was really well done. It's called Deadly Passion. It sounds like a kind of a, a porn movie yeah. or like a, <laughs> like a Skinamax <laughs> film or something. I was like, what, what's the rating on this? Can I it's a spicy a 80s movie with Kathleen Turner or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I, I also watched, uh, weirdly enough, I watched uh, Jordan Peele's new one, Nope. And I was really keen about this one, actually, because I yeah. love Jordan. I love Get Out. Yeah. Us was okay. Um, I, weirdly enough, I was like reading about like, it was after Grizzly Man, because I was reading about like fatal bear animal attacks. And they talked about Travis the Chimp. And they're like, well, they have this Travis the Chimp scene in this movie. And I was like, well, <laughs> maybe I should watch it then. And I, I tried watching it. I tried getting into it a couple of times. I don't know. I just, it didn't really work for me. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I thought it was a little bit too ambitious you know i didn't the plot felt quite convoluted it felt like there were three kind of stories in one and yeah i just yes. it just didn't it didn't really grab me. i don't know what you thought of it katie did you, i think you saw it too eh i i did see it um so i i didn't dislike it or mm-hmm. anything but i had quite high expectations because yeah. i also love jordan peele and to me i felt that it had been marketed as a horror film and that's not what i got out of it i got mm an interesting kind of funny science fiction, mm. which is fine, but it's not what I had expected. I did think the chimp scene was by far the scariest in oh, the whole, yeah. of, the, of the whole film uh, because I've, I, I've also gone through phases where I've read about chimp attacks and yeah. <laughs> I, I find that horrifying, but <laughs> yeah. You actually see it and you don't know what that chimp's going to do too. Like, and you see that like girl lying on the ground and oh, I mean, yeah, I yeah. think the chimp scene is probably he's not the, the MVP the, chimp. He's not, you know, he's not a nice no, monkey. definitely not. No. So it's probably uh, it's probably the best scene in the film. I think the rest of it's yeah, I, I didn't like it personally. But uh, I mean, it's nice to see uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Mm-hmm. He's really great, too. I think he's in all of Jordan Peele's movies. And I love his performance, too. And I loved him in um, oh. I like him in everything. So <laughs> he's great. Yeah. Um, so it's worth seeing for him, I think. I also started watching the uh, new Netflix series. So one of my favorite uh cosplayers i love her uh irina meyer she's actually russian um she uh she recommended this series and she recommended um the boys i think to me before like to her fans before and i really like the boys so i'm like well i'll check out this one too and her recommendation was cyberpunk edge runners which is an anime series and i'm really picky about my anime series but they have season one on netflix you can binge all the episodes and it's based on the uh video game which i don't think can run on anyone's computer without bugs is it a new one the 20 something something 2077 yeah, or it's it's cy- yeah. cyber 30 40 or whatever it is whatever i forget some, i forget which year <laughs> some combination of numbers you know guess yeah <laughs> some combination so uh yeah so i watched i started watching that and i, I think i'll probably end up binging at some point but i i was away on a business trip in berlin this week so i didn't get to watch too too much and i also watched i just watched my my girlfriend's a huge fan of dunton abbey so we watched the new dunton abbey a new era i didn't like the first movie this was good i knew i kind of predicted what was going to happen i'm like oh this guy's gonna have a new boyfriend and this person's gonna die at the end and i was right about all those things but it was just really (laughs) it was really touching and stirring you know uh, the family 
uh, finds out they have a villa in southern France to inherit because they didn't have enough money already. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just it's really it's really interesting too as a as a historical piece. So I I enjoyed it very much, and I think my girlfriend liked it too. So that was good, nice kind of finale. I think I don't know if they're still going to do more TV movies after this. Maybe, but I don't know. <laughs> what did you watch this week, Katie? Not. Not very much, but before I get into that, I do want to say that uh, Netflix recently made a couple deals. So my oh. favorite anime ever, Monster, is coming to Netflix. Oh, very good. Um, and yeah. I recommend it to everyone. It's a very slow burn, kind of a crime drama sort of thing, but it's really good. It was made a long time ago, and then the rights to it expired and then there is nowhere to legally watch it for the longest oh, time no. but it's, it's, it's coming to netflix so i recommend it uh so this past week i didn't really have time to watch very much i'm doing a rewatch of the haunting of hill house oh, cool. the original um, one yeah uh the the netflix series oh, okay yeah um yeah um it's okay. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, 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 I'm enjoying it, but I think I, okay. I read I read the big plot twist like by accident, and it ruined like ruined it for me. I think a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's fine. <laughs> uh, I, I, I have nothing bad or wonderful to say about it, but it is what mm-hmm. it is. Um, I also went to the cinema and I saw the film Barbarian. Oh, nice! Uh, oh, I want to see that too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I won't give anything away but i went into it completely blind i had no idea what to expect and the whole time things just kept happening and it went in all these different directions and by the end of the movie i was just sitting there like not not in a bad way not in a bad way i i enjoyed it but i had no idea what to expect it was a wtf (laughs) experience yeah but but i feel like I, I looked it up afterwards, and I think that all that they're really saying about it uh, is a lady goes to an Airbnb, and another guy, Bill Skarsgård, is already there. That's basically all I was <laughs> seeing from online synopses. So I think even if I had just gone in based on that, I still would have had absolutely no idea what mm-hmm. was coming so i i do recommend it i recommend cool. it. cool yeah every like, every review i read is like don't read anything just go on blind i'm like okay <laughs> i won't then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> absolutely and now we get to that part of the podcast too where we talk about what we add to our watch list or what we what we'd like to watch in future times too so i i think john if you want to kickstart us off with the uh, watch list additions uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so I've got I've got a few that I've added to my list that I'm keen on watching. Uh, the first one is a actually a Canadian film from the '80s, uh, directed by uh, Jean Claude Lord, uh, called Visiting Hours from 1982. I don't really know much about it, but I'm really fond of like uh, kind of that period of like '70s to like '90s Canadian horrors, like um, uh, any like any like Black Black uh, Christmas. Uh, what was that? The Valentine's Day one. That that one was fun. Uh, my, what was that? My Bloody Valentine? That was it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm really excited. I really like some of these and uh, I'm excited to watch this one. Apparently, all I know about it is that Michael Ironside's in any place this like oh. mean, misogynistic killer. And it's like a very intense. As usual. Yeah. Thrill- yeah as, as you expect. <laughs> so uh, really, really keen on watching. Is, is that, that on Shutter too? Or is that. Uh... I, I, I'm not sure actually. It might be. It might probably be on, on YouTube. Shutter, probably on YouTube. <laughs> it's, it's probably on. Uh, yeah. It's probably somewhere. It might be on Tubi or it's probably on. Uh, could be on Prime because I find Prime has a lot of like like slasher or like kind of thrillers from like the 80s and 90s and stuff so it could could be there as well 
Um, another one is uh, One Crazy Summer, uh, directed by Savage Steve Holland. He's who's done uh, did the film Better Off Dead, kind of some eighties kind of uh, kind of coming of age uh, comedies and stuff like that. Um, I haven't really watched much of his film, but uh, this one got recommended to me. Um, has uh, John Cusack in it as well, who was in that film as well. Um, don't know a whole lot of details, details about it, but I've heard I've heard it's a lot of fun, so gonna check that one out. And uh, one I've heard about it, McKeon watching is the uh, 2021 Chinese film, The Battle of Lake Changjing, which is I guess considered a little bit of like a Chinese propaganda war film because the film is literally about this um, Korean War. Um, I guess battle that took place between the Chinese military and the American military and the film has a very negative view on the Americans and it's it's kind of funny that they twisted that way so the Americans are like the big bad um <laughs> but at, for its time when it came out I don't know if it's been passed since then because this was just only a couple years ago but it was the most expensive uh, Chinese film ever made and it was the biggest box office opening they ever had in China so a huge deal uh, directed by uh the legendary Shui Hark, uh, the Chinese uh, kind of kung fu uh, action filmmaker, so uh, who's kind of like the Spielberg of China. So later, his later periods has been making a lot of the schlock. So, but I, I've heard people actually say this one's actually pretty ambitious because it's so big. So want to check it out. Um, really excited to. Um, and that, but that's about it for me, um, Curtis. I see you got quite a quick list of things. So why don't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, I, I, I had to pare it down a little bit too. So I didn't have too <laughs> many. Um, so I was very excited to see uh, Dario Gento. He just did Vortex with the Gaspar Noe. I think last year um he's actually uh, directing again i don't know if it's a good movie because i've heard mixed things but uh he does have a movie coming to shutter next month oh. called dark glasses i uh, i think it's just kind of like giallo kind of plot line so it's batshit mm. crazy um but I, yeah i think i'll watch it you know i don't know if it's going to be any good but i mean shutter's picking it up so that might be fun and then uh, obviously you know obsessed with Werner herzog again you know so i I want to watch the documentary um, Werner Herzog Radical Dreamer. I think it's on the festival circuit right now, but for obvious reasons, I thought it might be fun to check out, but I heard it's very linear. Like they just kind of look at the big points in his career. So, you know, eating a shoe, um, you know, holding Klaus Kinski at gunpoint, getting shot <laughs> during an interview. Yeah, that's <laughs> that right. That would be interesting. It relates to this one we're going to talk about today too. Yeah. Yeah. I call them cowards because I didn't want them to have some CGI Yoda, baby Yoda. <laughs> so that could be fun. Um, and yeah, Katie recommended one to me. It's called Diving into the Unknown. It's a Finnish movie about cave diving, I think you said, Katie. Yeah, so yes. I, I think I'll watch that too. Mm. I also wanted to watch the new David Bowie biopic, which I heard has really good reviews. Uh, it's called Moon Age D Daydream. Uh, I don't know where I can watch it, but I'm keeping my eyes out for it. So it's out in theaters, I know. Oh, is it? I don't okay. know what it's like in Europe, but here in Canada, I think it just came to Bytown, or actually, it's coming to, to the big uh, multiplexes. You know, well, I live in a beautiful little German town, but the only thing is they only have like a couple of indie theaters, which is great. But like sometimes it's hard to get like a lot of the, the big name stuff, too. But I'll keep an eye on Maybe I can check it out. Maybe yeah, it should be on something. video on gym demand yeah. soon, I'd expect. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> and I also want to watch, uh, you know, because I'm just I was obsessed with the Treadwell story. So I read another book actually before the podcast called The Grizzly Maze. It was about his life and um, had a really good chapter on on bear attacks, which I learned a lot about. Uh, but there's a t uh, Amazon Prime series called Diary of the Grizzly Man, and just looks at more of the footage from what happened. And uh, finally, the Netflix is coming out with a new uh, war film called uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. It's just third kind of adaptation, too. Third adaptation, yeah. So they did the yeah. 79 one. I think, I don't know if Werner Hitzog did it. I, uh, no, I don't think so. But I remember watching that in class, like one of my, I think, history yeah. classes. That's a really good film. I've never seen it's the really film, yeah. but it's, it's I really a great enjoyed book. it. It's a great book, and I read the black and white one, and I love that scene too at the end where they got the, you see the butterfly, and then the guy gets shot. I think it's such a great film, and it's not like nationalistic in any way too. It actually shows how awful war is too, and this is a really kind of interesting alternative piece, I guess, because you get it from the German perspective too. Yeah. So 
I, yeah. I have I'm pretty optimistic about it too because I really liked other films like Downfall and Stalingrad and uh, Dust Boat. So I think this will this will be a good one and nice to have a shift in perspectives too. So that was everything I add to my watch list too. Is there anything you want to watch, Katie? I know Mike Flanagan's new series. I think it's called The Midnight Club is oh, coming out min, min, in the beginning it... of October. Ooh. Oh really? Oh yeah. Yeah, October seventh. Oh, I just looked it up. Yeah, I love Midnight so Mass. So, <laughs> yeah, I love good. Midnight Mass. So I'm eagerly looking forward to that. Um, as for anything else, I haven't really had much time recently for. Mm-hmm. You've been a busy, busy bee. Very busy. <laughs> uh, but um, I do want to see the film "A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night." Mm. Um, it's an Iranian film, right? Yes. Uh, that. That's been on my list for years, and I have just never gotten around to watching it. So mm. I probably will make the time to watch it either this week or next week. But yes. <laughs> yeah, because that's interesting. It's an Iranian film, but it's like the the woman's a vampire, too. And it's like, I think it's black and white, too, isn't so, it? Yeah, I think, I think so, so, yeah. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, hopefully you'll have you'll have more time to watch things next week um so we'll yes. dive into our uh, our movie too so we're looking at grizzly man as i mentioned too so it tells the story of timothy treadwell who lived uh he's a man who lived with bears in alaska for 13 years before he and his girlfriend were eaten by bears uh but he recorded um over hundreds of hours of, of, of footage you know interacting with bears to getting actually really close he kissed one bear on the nose you know he touched them you know which is i really totally against the park rules uh but yeah. <laughs> i think uh, Werner herzog uh um decided to direct it too after he met with uh the um his ex-girlfriend um timothy's ex-girlfriend i think it's a very sensitive and open-minded approach to his story interweaving uh, treadwell's video footage with interviews of those who knew and encountered him as well as bear experts such as biologists who give their say to as john will probably tell you too there was that uh, one, the one coroner who's ready ready for hollywood you know um yeah some of the, the guests in this film i, I don't want to like criticize but i found like the, some of the guests were so well-spoken and almost yeah so well, he was like a, re- he was ready for like an acting career he was like oh yeah this is what happens when a bear attacks you and i'm he's just like, like he's just like he's a low-key cinephile he's always been waiting for this big moment he's gonna be in a documentary he's, <laughs> he's got all of his like harlan county blu-rays he's, he's watching got, it he's every got, day he's got his gur- gurney lined up you know everything's <laughs> ordered and <laughs> it, was, it was yeah it was kind of fun to watch and i was like this is this guy like how many takes did this guy get ready for you know like <laughs> is this take number three I hope not. I hope they all did it in one take. But uh, I mean, Hitzog is pretty authentic. But uh, yeah, it, it digs into kind of deeper existential questions about our place in uh, nature and what drives us to the impossible. So um, before we dive into, I just want to say this was a very special movie for me to because uh, I've I've watched quite a bit of Werner Hitzog's filmography. He's my favorite director. This was kind of the gateway drug for me or the gateway film, I guess you could say. Um, this was uh, supplemented by a double bill at the, the Mayfair, of course, in Ottawa. Uh, I watched a Mongol and Herzog's encounters at the end of the world and I had something in my eye. So I, I, I didn't really get to see the encounters at the end of the world that much, but Grizzly Man was the first documentary I watched by him. And this really sealed the deal for me and opened up my love for his movies. And uh, this is actually my second nature film in the canon. So the first one I cover was Into the Wild. So we'll talk maybe about too, about how those stories intersect and maybe overlap in some ways too. I love his fictional films too. So I like uh, Aguirre, the wrath of God and Enigma, Casper Hauser, so many movies. <laughs> and it's also worth seeing his dancing chicken and Stroitschik, but his uh, documentary films hold the most power in my opinion. 
I think uh, another really good one is Les Blank's uh, documentary Burden of Dreams, which is uh, even more profound and philosophical than the film it documents, which is uh, Herzog's chaotically made Fitzcarraldo with Klaus Kinski. You know, Klaus Kinski's on the bill. It's always going to be a shit show. Uh, <laughs> Herzog shows us things that we've never seen before. So, uh, you know, in all of his films, we get different things like al albino alligators, frozen sturgeon at the South Pole, deranged penguins, a man's taboo encounters with bears, interviewing inmates on death row, a volcano-worshipping tribe in the South Pacific that loves Prince Philip, etc. <laughs> I think I think he touches on something very uh, fundamental and universal in the film about our connection to each other in nature, which really stays with you and 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 cons the consequences of such actions. Even if you know you have a different view of of Timothy as he does too, and I don't really know what to think of Timothy, but we'll talk about that too. And I think no matter how you feel about Timothy and the Bears, there's so much to appreciate with the film. I think he's such an ambiguous figure, you know, maybe he's a narcissist, maybe he's delusional, maybe he's a damaged and broken man trying to heal, maybe he's a grifter, who really knows, but I do know, I do think few people knew the real Timothy beyond uh, the performance too, so what did you two think, I think you've seen it before, John, what did you two think coming into the film? Well, actually, I never, I never seen it before, I, oh, I, right. I had watched, I had heard much about it because I, I know when I was, there was a period of my life, uh, probably right after high school era, I was watching tons and tons of documentaries. And this was one that really wanted to watch. I know this came out um, when I was in high school. So uh, this was a very popular film, uh, but coming into this, um, I, I was really, it was really fun to do, watch this film because to me, um, not like we try to intentionally like pair these films thematically, but one of your last Canon films was into the wild. And mm. I feel like these films share a lot of Absolutely. DNA, obviously both stories about kind of, uh, individual men or one, one's a younger male, the other one's a little bit older, but kind of, kind of ab obscure, you know, ab, ab, you know, leaving society, Break, breaking the rules, into, yeah. breaking the rules, going <laughs> into the wild, living by themselves, a little bit of kind of rugged individualism, but kind of like with that movie too, I, I felt like while this film is obviously about, you know, living in the Alaskan wilderness and living mm. with bears and foxes too, there's a lot of really fun scenes where you see him filming from his tent and like the foxes are on top and they're, oh, that's and their favorite. Yeah. And they're pretty cute. I mean, they're kind of dangerous. Take, but, takes his hat takes his hat yeah <laughs> yeah and he gets so mad about it too but um I, I thought really this film while it was so much about the natural world it really is both those films are about humans and humanity yeah themselves, it's less think. it's less about the bears and i think it's more about timothy treadwell himself you know whether he's yeah. a narcissist I, I i don't know if i can pathologize him but i mean there is it it, it, it reminded me of the tiger king a little bit too you know just yeah. with like um you know focus on the human rather than the the animals and their welfare themselves you know yeah definitely what did you think katie so uh with this film i was also in high school when it came out and i had i didn't see it for a couple years uh later so i was in college when i saw it and when i first saw it i kind of went in with a bit of a ghoulish outlook i was like oh man this guy goes and lives in alaska and he gets eaten by bears oh my yeah, what god what an idiot <laughs> yeah and then i watched it again recently and I it got me thinking and you are absolutely right it is it, it bears many similarities to into the wild um just where you get these individuals who long to go into nature mm. and a, a simpler a it. simpler way of life yeah yeah and I think I think that's a very human thing uh, that they are experiencing. And I think that many people, if, if not most people, occasionally have that yearning to uh, the life that we have right now and go out into into the wild. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I, on the rewatch, I 
definitely fo I focused more on Fred Will and I think you're absolutely right the film mostly it's about him and who he was as a person and I just cannot I cannot figure him out he's su he was such a yeah complicated individual I kind of think he was on some level I think he was a profoundly lonely individual yeah yeah it, it's a great film and I, I recommend it to people and sometimes they say to me okay oh, Katie why are you recommending this film where a man gets ultimately eaten by bears but you know <laughs> it's great it's just another Katie recommendation it's it's okay yeah, yeah. yeah be used to it by now I think but, uh, I think Werner Herzog does such a good job with the pacing of the film because I mean it is mm. such like an elephant in the room thing like you know obviously otherwise if you were spoiled but if you don't know you you find out pretty early on that this tragedy has occurred you know it's not like Timothy's going to show up halfway through and talk about his experience it's no there's this been this huge tragedy of this yeah. man and woman who are both kind of eaten by bears and uh, some of the audio was recovered as well too and it's this really intense tragedy and mm. you know you find this out early in the film but then the fact that you know there's so much of it afterwards in terms of going through sort of the remaining footage I mean um, it's also a film a little bit about making films I mean Timothy by Alcance's quite a quite a filmmaker i mean he's yeah beautiful so tripod with, shots yeah yeah and i think Werner herzog in a way connects with him himself being someone who has been so uh, obviously cares about and so diligent about filmmaking about his own experiences with working with kind of mercurial personalities and stuff like that like it i i was mm -hmm. quite struck by um timothy treadwell's kind of um ability to kind of do all these shots and his you know his willingness to do like five or six takes and uh, the way he would kind of change his emotions i mean we see kind of later in the film how he kind of oh with the park becomes, service he's, he just snaps, he's a much yeah. more yeah he starts raging Down and, he is starving. And, yeah. and then but there's a self-awareness too because then when he's done the take he like kind of knows that he just went off and i, yeah. I found him to actually be pretty funny like i was laughing a lot later in his later takes oh hi, where he's, oh, hi there because <laughs> he's such a he seems like such a this like affable almost like um I'd, almost like a tiny Tim type, this like personality, yeah, like, like almost I, effeminate. I, and but then like later, he's like swearing he's and like fuck he's, you, Parkers. I he's talking you. about yeah. like oh, I don't have much luck with the ladies or whatever. And he's like he's got like a lot of. I wish fun I was gay. And I'm like I, I don't know. Like my gator was like I was like I I think he seems pretty gay to me. I don't know. No, don't he know fucks. <laughs> Timothy fucks apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, apparently he said he's really good at it. So. <laughs> well, it's interesting. He's. He's he, I mean, I, I was really struck by later in the film when when you meet his parents. And I mean, mm. this this film's a lot of interviews with people who thought he was kooky or weird or or mm. or really loved him and cared about him. And, you know, we meet his parents and we really find out his backstory that he was this young um, man. Well, at the time, a boy who was like very athletic, All American boy, had a scholarship for like diving, but, you know, got injured and then fell into kind of drugs and kind of. Um, kind of lost his way he was in we find out he was in film roles they, right. they parents recall that he actually auditioned apparently I mean again we don't know how much is true and how much is yeah. exaggerated because it's from Timothy yeah. but allegedly he had auditioned for the bartender role in Cheers that went to Woody Harrelson and that really kind of spiraled him but yeah, I was a little bit struck drinking. by his it's like his parents are, are talking about their son who's who's been killed and I was kind of struck by how kind of emotionless they seem and it made mm. me think of I don't want to again pathologize too much about Timothy but knowing he had kind of this inner turmoil and rage and really wanted to get away yeah much like into the wild where we find out you know his yeah he's just rejecting his parents doesn't even I, call I it back at the end yeah i don't want to speculate but i can't help but think that his relationship with his parents perhaps wasn't all that and with his family yeah. maybe wasn't all that it seemed and or maybe he needed that more emotional emotional connection too that he didn't get at home yeah. too um yeah. i thought it was really interesting too i don't know how you felt because i was just thinking about you know, towards the end where he was talking about, you know, I'll die for these bears and all these things too. And I wonder, and you know, in the last diary entry, I think that his girlfriend 
had said, you know, she's like, he's hell bent on destruction too. I wonder if like Chris McKendos, cause you had a really great point with enter the wild one. You said, maybe it's a long kind of drawing out suicide. These kind of staying longer with the bears too. I, I don't know. Cause I mean, he wasn't planning to stay longer with the bears, but I just wondering what you two think too. Do you think maybe it could be, I don't know. I personally, I don't one. think <laughs> it was. Yeah. I, I don't think it was a long drawn out suicide and i i think the the reason i say that is because he had his partner with him mm. um and I, I i know that murder suicides do happen yeah. um more more often than we'd like but I, I i don't know i i think that he i do think on some level he wanted to stay with mm. the bears forever but i don't think he i don't think he wanted to die i don't think he did mm. That's yeah. just me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, much the same way. I don't think Chris McCandless, well, I called it like kind of a long drawn out suicide, or at least you can interpret it that way. I, I don't yeah. really think that he wanted to die. I think when he, no, was, no, he realized he had poisoned himself, I don't think it was like good. I, yeah. I mean, I, and, and I think the, the movie does. Yeah. And I think, again, the, the thing with like Into the Wild is a movie that really kind of shows you that life is worth living and there is a lot yeah. of joy in life. And I think we get a little bit of this those, too, little, those, those little fox moments, the quiet know? moments with the foxes. Or I was I was really kind of choked up when he when we see like the, the young kit who's who's been killed by wolves and, and oh, seeing how yeah. emotional Timothy is. I mean, he is someone who I think put a lot of his emotions into the animals. He projected it. I mean, we're going to as the movie kind of later goes, we kind of see that maybe that wasn't all that was meant to be. And, and maybe that was a little bit of kind of his, his kind of biggest fatal flaw. But um, I really think that, you know, all of us, as we're living our lives, we're doing our hobbies, activities on a podcast, like right, right now, we all think about kind of our own mortality and, and kind of what, what impact are we going to leave large or small? Like, what is it that yeah. we're going to leave here when we're dust? And I think like he was someone who thought about himself. He, he put himself up there too. and it is pretty incredible. Like, you know, there's a lot of haters, especially in Alaska. They're like, oh, that idiot, you know, he shouldn't have been close to the bears. They're all habituated now. But like, I mean, he did live with bears for 13 years and that's pretty incredible. If you think even yeah. in a national park where the bears are kind of used to it. I mean, yeah, mostly he, in solitude. We're only getting like snippets of hours of, mm. of footage, but he lived with bears for hundreds and hundreds of hours like that. Most yeah. of his life was was quiet and, and solitude if he wasn't with someone. So I, I kept thinking about uh, maybe unfairly too, because I mean, I have this very complicated portrait of him too. You know, on, you know, on one hand I was very sympathetic, but then, you know, there's another scene where he'd be like, fuck you parks or any like call individual names. And I'm like, Whoa, what are you doing? And sometimes, you know, it did feel like it was more about him than the bears, but I, yeah. I kind of thought in some scenes, it kind of reminded me of Joe exotic and tiger King. And maybe that's a bit harsh. Um, but I thought well, maybe <laughs> I kind of see it because they're both kind of like fuck the government, almost like uh, like libertarian types, almost yeah. like environmental libertarians. Like, get get the environment away from me. <laughs> let me take care of my animals. But like, do they actually have the full knowledge and understanding of these creatures? Like mm. Timothy projects the bears almost like children and, and yeah. infantile. And he he never did any them, but they never did any peer reviewed like scientific studies. No, too, he you didn't know? really share them. I mean, we do find out that he kind of started, but it's it's interesting because we, we find people, out. Yeah. Yeah, like he, he started this organization, but it, it really seems like that was more of the efforts of, of kind of the, the yeah, just like him and him his and his life. ex-girlfriend, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I came away with a really good love of Jewel. I thought she was an amazing person in this yeah. film, like the the way that she cared, how much she cared about Timothy, and obviously and, that and kind what of, she does and, too, you know. And that big scene, of yeah. course, when uh we see Werner Herzog listening to the tape of the audio and you see um, her reaction to it, yeah. Yeah, it's a really interesting way because like we don't see it's not I mean Werner Herzog, the way he his director is my understanding is his of his directorial style and a lot of his documentaries is he heavily kind of narrates them and you know you could say that he's kind of putting himself yeah. into it but it's an interesting moment where he really isn't he's actually kind of 
You're hearing, you you're seeing this the back of his head. <laughs> you're just seeing Jewel's reaction. And it's an interesting moment, too, because I know he tells Jewel, like, don't ever like break, destroy you this. Destroy it. Yeah. But but Werner yeah. actually said afterwards that he actually regretted that decision. He said it was really stupid. He said he was caught up in the emotions of what he had just listened to. And he said, because she didn't actually destroy it. I think it's in a safe. Yeah, it's a safety deposit. It yeah. And he said that was correct. So I thought that was interesting because, I mean, it's kind of the most emotionally heated, really kind of peak mm. of this movie. And he looks back on it regretful. So it's kind of interesting. But I think it well, really speaks to the moment of the power of being in that moment and capturing it on film and, and that lasting forever. Well, Katie and I yeah. were talking about this too earlier too, because I mean, it's I think it's a good thing ultimately that they didn't listen to that audio in, in the because I've heard the I've read oh, the transcript God, I, yeah, for it. Destroy that shit. Yeah. I don't want to listen <laughs> yeah. to that. Like, yeah, well, yeah. we I, I gone on YouTube and I, I went down a wormhole and I, I was like I clicked on it. They obviously have the fake audio on there too, but I'm glad you know I actually didn't hear it too, because I think when you hear that too, you can't really unhear it too. And I think it's there's just... enough there's enough awful shit out there and ninety nine percent of Absolutely. stuff that happens is not recorded. That means I don't think we need to have this out there. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's good. I think it's really good that they didn't actually show it for the for the yeah. documentaries. As morbidly curious as I can be sometimes, you know, there's some things you don't want to hear. And I think it's more respectful. I think that way too. Um kind of a fun fact I found out too. So I I didn't know there was a difference between grizzly and brown bears. Maybe you know this, Katie. But uh, yeah, so apparently brown bears are like, uh, they're, they live on the coastal region. They're a little bit bigger than grizzly bears. So he's actually not a, technically a grizzly man. Grizzly men are, grizzlies are um, are more inland. And uh, yeah, the, the brown bear is like the one we see in the documentary. They're closer to like a cave, the prehistoric cave bear too. It's quite a bit bigger. Correct me if I'm wrong, Katie. But these, yeah, these are like, kind of kodiak brown bears which is kind of cool oh. so i didn't know that so he's actually yeah, more of a my bear science bra- so a brown bear man it. do you know that do you know that john do you know that maybe you know this katie do you know the the bear song john which <laughs> i'm not gonna song? sing i'm not gonna i'm not gonna, I'm not gonna the, sing like the care bears like five no four, no three, it's two, like it's, it's, it's like a park ranger uh, uh, like bear expert thing so they say black fight back so it's black bear brown uh lay down lay, so lay down yeah. yeah lay on your lay on your stomach and have your hands behind your neck and then polar bear could uh uh, white good night because <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. just, uh, just run that's kind of fun they're they're magnificent magnificent creatures i mean like obviously people point out the fact that the irony is that you know he cared about bears so much and he talked about how he was trying to save bears and protect them but mm. really he was he was kind of breaking the rules the government federal rules and he led to the death of the two bears because they discovered yeah. the body and, and he wouldn't he wouldn't have wanted yeah. the bears to have died my favorite yeah. character my favorite character in the whole thing was actually the bush pilot and yeah he was, he, he was going through some trauma i could tell like he was, he was dealing yeah, with he like, saw the bodies he, yeah he talks yeah. about yeah, like, how it impacted him like after. <laughs> yeah like and he's probably seen other stuff you know being someone who bushes and flies out to the wild mm. to to interact with people and travel like you you run into things you know where it's not like taking an uber somewhere you're really really out in the bush yeah you're not you even cra- going you, to like if a you crash that plane on the on the lake you're fucking stranded there you know you're not getting yeah. out <laughs> you know yeah so like- I, there yeah there was so many funny kind of interactions and like there's like one guy who just calls him like a slur but like not in a way where he's really like that aggressive against him he just doesn't seem to really he could like the idea of what timothy's doing just is totally foreign to him and he he's yeah. kind of like oh he's one of those kooky guys like he's not real <laughs> but like i was really struck by like jewel and like the, the people who actually really knew him and, and jewel's story of working with him and kind of you know minimum wage job and her funny story with the cake or whatever that the oil like goes on fire and, <laughs> and it, yeah it made me think of the people i've met at jobs in my lifetime and weird personalities of people that you never really seek out or hang out with otherwise but they well, they end up in your life and you kind of 
connect with them that way. It's funny because my my girlfriend, uh, you know, she she knows a lot of the German stuff, obviously, because she's German, and she she said there's this character called uh, Prince Ein. Eisenhorn and he has like the same haircut as Timothy Treadwell so like I she showed me this google image and I couldn't like take my I couldn't take my mind off that haircut <laughs> so, I mean, once you see it too and I guess that's part of the performance too he always has like the blonde locks and uh, it was kind of fun um yeah well, another fun fact so the uh, soundtrack was done by Richard Thompson from the uh, British band uh, folk band uh, Fairport, Fairport Convention Really beautiful soundtrack. Oh. He Im- improvises a lot of it too. I actually just re- listened to the whole thing. They remastered it this year, kind of good timing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it was it was a really great soundtrack. And uh, you know, it really captures a lot of the kind of darkness too. You know, you get this beautiful acoustic song, but there's something l- lurking under the surface. And there's one track I think it's called Bear Fight, where the bears are fighting. <laughs> and I mean, it's it's terrifying. You know, like oh bears, yeah, powerful creatures. Bears are beautiful. Like, I, I love and respect them, but I'm also quite scared of them too. Like I. I uh, was reading this book about Timothy Treadwell and there's a book chapter on uh, graphic bear attacks. And I was like, Oh fuck, you know, they go for the, they rip off your face and stuff. And it's like, Jesus Christ, like, can, should I go to BC next summer? You know, but yeah. like, well, they're not just wandering around Vancouver. Or anything. Yeah. They're like, not going to, they're, they're like, not going to jump out of the alleyway. They're not going to take the sky train. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're coming yeah for you. I mean, bears have been a main fear of humans since, yeah. since early hominids. And, uh, yeah, if, if a bear attacks you, if you don't have a weapon of some kind, there's not a lot you can do about it. Mm. I, I know that the chances of me going outside in Tampa and <laughs> encountering a bear are slim to none. Yeah, to none, <laughs> the, the, the I... almost extinct uh, Florida bear. Raccoons bear. probably yeah. pretty high, you know. Bears. Oh, <laughs> or... alligators. I, 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 I don't worry about meth heads. Meth heads. <laughs> yeah, meth, 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 heads, meth heads are probably uh, yeah Florida man. He, he's everywhere. He's <laughs> Florida he's man. He's all around. Yeah, but, a, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like that guy who tried to walk to rob a Wendy's drive-through by throwing an alligator through a window. Oh wow, well, that poor alligator. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah that, that was a thing. But um, yeah, but I don't know what I would do if I encountered a bear. I would probably depends on what kind of bear. So I guess probably yeah. a grizzly bear. They tell you not to run from them. Actually, you should um, if you see a bear. Like spot if you startle them, they tell you to back away slowly. Um, and uh, you know, don't. Sometimes you can make eye contact. Some people say don't, but uh, I mean, I think make it, a lot of noise. I think. Yeah, I make a lot of noise, and especially with the yeah. uh, black bears, fight back with everything you have. But you probably, I think it'd be, I guess it'd be grizzly bears would be a little bit closer. I don't know. Unless you go to Alaska I, or Canada. I, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. down here we have black bears, but they're mm. not very common. Yeah. I, I I know they're around because if I'm driving north, I see signs on the side of the road mm-hmm. like "Oh, bear crossing." But I've, I've never seen one. <laughs> well, it reminds me too, um, because I know we talked about this too, Katie. There's a really good Canadian film called Backcountry. It kind of expands yes. on that idea, like what it's like to be attacked by a bear, and it is terrifying. Basically, there's this couple, and the husband the husband's a fucking idiot. He doesn't listen to any of the park ranger instructions. Always listen to the park rules, folks. <laughs> and you know, he doesn't wear any. Of the, he goes in late in season, which is bad because. Um, when you go late in season, the bears are preparing for hibernation. They have this thing called hyperphagia, which means they eat, need to eat more too. And they, they, you know, a lot of the grumpier bears come in too. But anyway, the couple gets attacked by a black bear. Uh, the, the 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 boyfriend gets brutally killed, and then he goes after the. Uh, it it kind of like stalks the the woman across like the forest for some reason. And then um, it's a good movie, but it's really scary. It's a Canadian film, very low budget. But I don't know if you've seen that one, John. Backcountry. No, but our conversation is making me think of just watching Jaws and, you know, that, that was for sharks. <laughs> the creator of Jaws, famously the author, wish he never wrote it because he said it made people kind of fear and hate sharks. But people yeah. have always been fascinated by 
those creatures just like bears i think mm. it's the fact that the natural world you know while we are challenging you know, our apex we love the meadows status, and we yeah. love the forests life and death are very pressure you know precarious in in the natural world and you know and it challenges our st- status too as an apex predator yeah. yeah exactly yeah yeah so um i did a little bit of because uh, i read a book on him too so he spent 13 years uh, living in katmai national park so that's along the alaska the western alaska coastline uh and it's a really big uh, park and reserve um he thinks the bears kind of grew to trust him too um so he also appeared on a bunch of things too dateline nbc discovery channel he was on david letterman too that was in his early days and he wanted to educate children about bears uh and that the idea that bears are not so sinister which you know you can kind of see from both perspectives you know bears yeah. aren't our friends but like it is nice to have you know people not always hunting them and stuff uh he wrote the book co-wrote the book with uh, jewel who we talked about among the grizzlies uh, and despite the warning signs towards the end he stayed in the park later in the season uh where as i said bears kind of become more tolerant due to hibernation and he and his girlfriend were killed and uh, eaten by a thousand pound bear, big animals. Uh, this is the first known incident of a fatal bear attack in the park's history. And as John said too, they killed the two bears. The first bear was, was the one who uh, they, did, they knew, they did an autopsy and they found out that they had parts of Timothy inside. There was a second bear that they shot and killed too. And the second bear was cannibalized too. I said, because of that uh, hyperphagia, so sometimes they eat each other too. Um, he spent the early parts of each season along the coast of what was called Hollow Bay in the park. This is an open grassy area where he would set up camp and he actually named each of the bears he met. So he had Mr. Chocolate, et cetera, et cetera. He sang to them. He touched them, kissed one of their noses. In the later parts of summer, he would move along Kaflia uh, Bay and settle in an isolated thick brush encampment that he called the Grizzly Maze. That's where he died. Yeah. So they plant when, when they, the year that, the year that they planned to leave. His girlfriend was with them and they planned to, uh, they even went to uh, Kodiak to fly home to California, but he had a disagreement with the airline provider. So they decided to camp long, longer in the park. Some, as he had a lot of kind of haters too. So one research ecologist claims that he was breaking every rule in the park, park officials and bear experts warned him and criticized his behavior, claiming that it would put park visitors and researchers at risk because bears will come closer to food. Don't feed the bears. Uh, bear Russell researcher Charlie Russell advised uh, Treadwell to use electric fences and bear spray, uh, which is m- which most uh, you know bear ecologists do. But he chose not to, c- c- claiming it was unfair to the bears. Uh, after his uh, death, Russell wrote a lengthy critique of uh, Treadwell's actions. And Russell was actually died a few years ago. He was a Canadian bear ecologist, and he lived with uh, grizzly bears too. But he obviously, you know, he used proper protection too, and he wasn't mauled by a bear, thankfully. Yeah, kind of interesting to, to look at the geography of it, too. You know, it is really far north. I don't know. I really want to go to Kodiak after seeing this, too. I don't know if you two have been to Alaska at all or no, want to go I up haven't. there. <laughs> no, I'm not, I I'm do not, want I'm, to go. I'm not going to go to the Grizzly Maze. I think I'll see bears from afar, but I think it would be yeah. it would be nice to see a bear in the, the wild. just not, like, close. <laughs> I saw a bear at the Calgary Zoo, and he peed right in front of me. It was oh, right. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was sign, right it was a sign, John. That's well, heavenly the glass there. was separated. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they're, they're amazing creatures. They're, they're, they're big, they're beautiful, especially here in North America. I mean, they're kind of like the apex predator. Um, we've obviously we romanticize other like continents of like lions and elephants and stuff, but we have amazing creatures and beautiful animals here. Um, and, and, and yeah, I, I just think it was such an interesting that, that he filmed so much of it. I mean, it makes mm. me wonder how his life would have been different if he had just done it privately or it didn't, it was really about sort of the ego aspect of it of like and why bears you know, yeah. and you know being this character in this in this movie and it was just so the amount of 
the shots and stuff that he gets are is incredible. Like it's regardless of you feel by him. Yeah, the bear, the bear fight too. That's incredible. Yeah. And he actually goes after and looks at like the shit all over the place. You know? It reminded me of like Kratz creatures, like uh, those nature shows I grew up on as a child watching. Like, I remember that seeing, show. Yeah, seeing like characters go into these environments and be like, this is where they live and eat and feed and everything else and here we're going to show you all this and but not really like to the same extent he did or, or really like yeah get in the way of things but really just kind of like as an almost like an observer close, within. Yeah. yeah well exactly. kratz creatures like the kratz brothers they get some of their like footage was pretty dark too because i watched one episode where um there was komodo dragon bit off like some some like um antelopes like scrotum or something and they did a close-up and i was like holy shit this is like crap brothers i'm watching TVO, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good old TVO, you know? so uh yeah so i think um he, he also had he was also on um discovery channel docuseries which i haven't seen called the grizzly diaries and then there was also the amazon prime docuseries that i mentioned diary of the grizzly man um two books that were kind of focused on his story so mike lipinski's death in the grizzly maze and Nikion's The Grizzly Maze. I just read The Grizzly Maze, uh, the last one. So that's uh, highly recommended for me too, especially if you want to know more about bear conservation. I learned a lot from this book. I learned what a bear does when it attacks you. I learned how to, you know, what to do if you, you get attacked by a bear. I also learned all about bear ecology. So that was a, not just the story of Timothy Treadwell. It's kind of a, you know, it's a everything bear book. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Yeah. I uh, It got really good reviews when it came out too. So um, uh, premiered at Sundance and had a limited release. Uh, our boy uh, Roger Ebert gave it four out of four stars. He's a known uh, Werner Herzog lover, so that's uh, that's all. That all sounds really good too. And speaking of uh, ratings, I think I've gone through most of my comments too. Is there anything you two wanted to mention that I I didn't really touch on yet? Oh man, I, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I think I think we've gone through pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah. Although I, yeah. I, I do want to say I've been. I feel like I've been very pro Timothy on this program, but I do want to be critical. Like I do think like hmm. at the end of the day while he did have collaborators and friends and stuff, it seems like his, he never really wanted to like really work with people or no. willingness to take criticism no. or, no. you know, like I think whether he wants to do what he does and, and, and go into the wild without human interaction, if, you know, that's sort of his choice, but his unwillingness to really reflect on that or, or think about how he could kind of better protect st himself. Stalking those, like stalking those, like, you know, park service through the little yeah, woody yeah like that's another thing like we see other people land and you know timothy is like they're making fun of me either you see this enragement of rocks this is a threat put a smile and on I, my rock, i don't know yeah. i i don't know if that yeah. actually is a threat like i saw the smile and i'm like to me that's just someone that just seems real. nice it just seems like oh here's the weird guy in the woods let's like leave a little <laughs> message for him or something yeah i don't really think they wanted to kill him or anything he seemed very kind of paranoid there was no uh, at that part the park service said too there wasn't any evidence of poaching along the uh where he was no. camping and stuff too that's really interesting yeah. because his big thing was that he was protecting the bears against the poachers too and if anything you know his death led to two bears getting killed so actually that was not uh but, not yeah. great it's Did such you, an interesting yeah. way to film though like the fact that we see him at the beginning and he seems quite affable and friendly and and but and he and they paints this a darker side yeah. is going to schools but we really see a lot of his flaws more towards the end especially in kind of mm -hmm. those final moments so. downy is starving <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> poor downy um yeah so uh one other thing too i, I remember we talked about last time john too and and uh i i just want to talk about the boy Werner herzog's voiceovers too because it's obviously very uh you know, while they do have a lot in common, like we said, too, they're actually, you know, you know, I don't uh, connect with Timothy's, you know, secret world of the bears. And he's, he says, you know, like I have this like I see it as this kind of chaotic, hostile world yeah. of murder. <laughs> what did you think yeah. of the voiceovers, John? Because I know you. you... It's a 
It's good, although I, I mean, Werner Herzog, it's almost a little bit voyeuristic in this movie, the way he kind of <laughs> does it. I mean, maybe that's just a style, but it's just like this idea of like, I don't even, he's like, he's pretty negative. I mean, I wouldn't say he's negative on Timothy, but he's very, there's that scene, that brilliant scene later in the film where we see that great close up of the bear and it zooms in and Werner Herzog's like, you know what? I've this, at this point, we're almost at the end of the movie. He's like, I've watched all this footage, footage that hasn't even been shown in this movie, everything, and at no point at all. Did I ever see like love, affection, or anything that Timothy saw in the Bears? And it's such a cutting moment where you're like, it really feels like, wow, this man wasted his life. You're like, he he never really got what he he thought. And but mm. it's really it's really Werner Herzog putting his own thought into it. And it it felt the fact that he's so obsessed with like chaos and violence. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. If I'm, I'm not an nihilist. Like I'm not. An I don't know. I'm not a nihilist. Like he's, <laughs> I'm an optimist. Like, yeah. He seems like he seems like an, an, someone who's interested in observing things, but not so much in really connecting with them in a kind of deeper level in a way. But I mean, maybe he, in, in how it connects to him a bit. He seems to really see a lot of his own filming history again mm-hmm. in how Timothy films and even Timothy himself y'all he he, he he directly compares him to Klaus Kinski he doesn't say him by name mm-hmm. but he says I know a thing or two about working with that's a direct reference to his own self so um but it was yeah. still very engaging I think he's a very um the way it's shot and filmed and just the way it's composed and edited it's very brilliant and I mean he has uh his voice is very soothing too I, I Curtis does the impression I think I do in my head. Like it's so <laughs> Timothy and Zibaz, like it's Timothy so and good. And, and, uh, <laughs> I don't know. And he's such an interesting filmmaker. I mean, I'd love to do more of his films because I mean, he's sort of another Renaissance man type of someone who directs mm. and does documentaries. Oh, he's so prolific. And writes and, and stars and acts as well too. So he's so prolific. You and, know, when you, you have a, his, his, doc, his Nosferatu is so interesting because he opens with that ink and mummy scene and then he has a bite, a bat flying in like super slow motion. I have never seen anything like that in a film before or that like weird, you know, clock that he has like the dance of the dead clock it's so cool oh, yeah 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 <laughs> i love Werner Herzog. so it'd be great hopefully we'll do some more uh, on him at some point too um yeah one last thing i did want to mention the, the bear that presumably kills timothy too it's interesting too because he's like this is the bear that likely killed timothy and then he said i don't see any kid and it was kind of interesting too just his interactions with the other bears and this one bear maybe we just didn't get footage of it he didn't have the same kind of connection with that bear yeah. and something about this bear felt a bit off, but I didn't think it, the bear was evil. I think the bear probably just didn't like. People yeah. It's much. more his personality. It's like, yeah. if you yeah. couldn't get something from the animal that connected with him, mm. it was like, he reacted in kind of a weird way. And I don't know if that's like a narcissism mm. thing. If someone's not yeah. appealing to how you present yourself and want you to be liked, they're like inferior or you don't like them, but I don't know. There's something, I think it's true. There is something to that. Like if the bears were, the personality he liked or, or were affable with, it was fine. Like we see that with the foxes, the fox takes, it's, it's a funny scene and you see it coming. You're like, the fox is obviously yeah. going to grab that. He, he mentions <laughs> it before. He's like, Oh, they take things, but he seems very me like very, very upset and very like mm-hmm. frustrated. Like he's really like, come back here. Like give me my fucking hat. Back. And I'm like, that's really important to me. It's just a fucking hat. Like, yeah. Don't leave it on the ground, man. If you like, but again, it's so, it's so hard. And that's maybe that's the point of the movie is that I don't know if that's just who he was or if that was just a slice of time. Well, he's maybe wondering he why he can't have long, long, long term. I, you know, I don't know. He wonders why he can't have long term relationships. And this is why, because he's so unstable, you know, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, just getting to the ratings too I, it was it's one of my favorite movies it was a very special movie for me because this got me into Werner Herzog's movies and now he's my favorite director so it is a five out of five for me too I think you know coming back to it too it, it reminds me that you know it, it's easy to kind of have a very binaristic kind of view of, of Timothy Treadwell but there's a lot we don't know I don't think 
will ever know all the full story. But it's interesting to think about the kind of parallels with uh, Tiger King and and uh, Into the Wild, I think, too, because there's a lot to draw from there. So five out of five for me. What did you think, John? I, I was a little bit more negative. I gave it four to five. I still loved it, though. I, I do think <laughs> the film, if there's any kind of criticisms, I think at times it is a little bit. It does go on a bit. I, I found I, I liked the kind of music composition, but it wasn't really blowing me away. And I, I felt mm. like um, at, at times it, it kind of. I don't know. There's there's some scenes where I was kind of a little bit puzzled by. Again, like I felt like so many of the interviews felt almost a little bit artificial in some ways, um, mm. and it was just it kind of took me out of it. But um, it is an interesting kind of story. Again, kind of a spiritual movie. You could do like a double billing with this and Into the Wild. Again, and it's not the movies themselves really aren't kind of movies that you know give you a lot of questions but you kind of ask questions after watching it it makes you really it kind of begets kind of your own understandings of kind of where we fit in the natural world and um again these people were they sick in the mind and were they mentally ill or were they or, <laughs> or maybe or were they between, the late yeah. ones you know you guys are the you guys are the mainstream you know we're the you know it makes you ask those type of questions about yourself but i, I did think it was a really interesting film and i mean i really for me it was really just the sheer amount of footage that timothy filmed and took i mean the film starts off with that scene where the bears come into the camera and then you see the hand reach out and i was like my heart was gonna jump out i was like i could not believe this like i was so it was so terrifying to me and then you know as it gets on you're just exposed to all these bears and and, and so much of them it was just so uh, phenomenal the amount of footage that he took a big bear, and, um, big bear. <laughs> I, I really i mean i still don't really know what to think all that much about him i think he was an extremely flawed person but i i do think there's something to be said to being so deeply obsessed with your own craft yeah. or or love of something that you go to it to seek it to that extent that it actually kind of costs you your life i don't know maybe it's a toxic way of looking at it i just find that i really like fascinating and i'm interested by it even though i, I would never do that myself yeah, um, yeah. I, I value my life and too much well, I, I, think soft, knew, I, I think if we knew i think if we knew i think if we knew like tim i think i could say this too i think if we knew timothy per, uh, casually i think you know we, he'd be he'd be very friendly we'd probably get on with him but i think if we knew him on a deeper level it probably and i don't think he really got very close to very many people but i think if we knew him very deeply i think we'd be a little bit more you know <laughs> critical i think too but i, I don't yeah, know you know his parents seem like assholes so maybe that's i don't know they were like <laughs> your son was murdered like or by bears like show a little emotion i don't know i guess yeah but maybe his parents on some level expected it to happen yeah so because if he'd been doing this for so long and if he'd had erratic behavior throughout his life maybe his parents mm, that's a good point to an extent kind of just like you know yeah because his someday. friend says that too when he sees the yeah. he's like yeah i knew he's like as soon as i saw the news like i knew timothy was killed or or the bush pilot yeah. when he's not there he's like yeah he's dead so many of people in his life as you're saying katie like kind of knew this was going to happen how they the shock they had by it valid or not they kind of knew that it was coming yeah yeah in a way but i i i really liked the film i'd give it a four out of five mm -hmm. um i i agree with you john i think that sometimes it kind of there, there's so much stuff in it that um it can get a bit overwhelming i liked how we saw all of the treadwell footage and you see him with the bears and you're like oh wow this man loves these bears and then you get Werner herzog's voiceover like i don't see any i don't see any love coming from this <laughs> like bear. damn he has and, a golden heart burner she's yeah and i i think that it's it's very i think it's good because you, you see both sides because i found it very easy to be caught up in treadwell's enthusiasm yeah for what he did and then I really liked how at the end of the film, I just, 
I mean, it's not a happy film, obviously. So you, you don't really feel good after you watch yeah. it. But, it's a bit bittersweet because it's a, it's a yeah. fun kind of finale with the little tri- tribute to him. And, you know, yeah. when that meant something to people's lives and got to die and, you know, live on in the place that he cared about. But yeah, I mean, he, he, still he kinda... did do what he loved. But he yeah. <laughs> But uh, the worst thing that could happen happens. Yeah. Yeah. But then you just kind of have to think about it. Um, mm. because I, I know that we've established that he he clearly loved these bears, mm. but I, I do think that rather than being uh, it, it's easy to be like, oh, he was so stupid, he was mm. he was crazy. But I think that at the end of the day, he he was very selfish because he yeah. He claimed to love these bears, but ultimately what he did, as we said before, and ended up killing indirectly. And and his girlfriend, too, because I felt like she was a victim. She was afraid of bears, too. And she was involved in this, too. And, you know, um, you know, her family didn't even want to appear in the documentary, which I totally understand, too. I mean, they don't have anything to do with it. We don't know much about Amy. We know that she didn't really want to leave, even though, like, uh, you know, they had a huge fight towards the end. But, yeah, she stayed. And I feel really bad for her because she was she didn't really even want to be there. You know, she just loved her boyfriend and she fought. She hit that bear with a pen and, and the bear came back for her and killed her, too. So it means a terrible way to die. Yeah. So I guess uh, with the two with the three ratings, it gives us a combined total. I hope my math is right. Four point two five out of five, which is pretty good. So if you're looking for <laughs> an interesting documentary, that'll make you think. This is one for you too. And I, I really loved it. So I hope everyone who watches it does too. Um, and yeah, that, that wraps up our, uh, today's episode. So next week we have some, we're getting into spooky seasons. So I think we have some, uh, well, actually, no, we have one more John Carpenter left, right? Oh we're yeah, watching, that's right. We're, we're watching, watching the award with Amber, Amber Heard. Yeah. Yes, so, <laughs> so I don't know, uh, John, I think you like this one. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, but... I, yeah, I watched it. I, liked right, it. I, yeah. I mean, I liked it. There was so many like one star <laughs> reviews and I was kind of like, this isn't a one star movie. Come on, folks. Everyone's yeah. They're just all so shitting on it. Cause it's, just... it's got, it's got some charm it's, and it's the last it to be Carpenter the thing. film. So. Yeah, they're like, well, they're probably like, we want it to be the thing. I'm like, well, he, it's not 1982 anymore, so no. And he's not <laughs> working with the same cachet that he was in 1982. Yeah. That's for sure. No, this Kurt Russell. Like, yeah. Maybe so, deep, maybe yeah. put maybe you could put Keith David in this next movie. I don't know. <laughs> so we got that coming up, and then I think yeah, then it's our spooky canon series, right? We're going to be doing a bunch of a bunch yeah. of films. We're uh, going to do stuff through October, or, and then we're going to do, do uh, all the uh, Halloween sequels in November. Yes. And I want to say, Katie, it's been a delight to have you. So thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks uh, you're, you're, wel- you're welcome back on anytime, every Sunday. Sure. So uh, come on for spooky season because I know you like horror movies too. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll get our uh, usual comrade uh, Quinn back on next week too. And hopefully some- yeah. Simon too. So we can have the two Florida f- people together. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, thanks for joining us, folks. And, you know, take care. Watch out for bears and be nice to bears. But, you know, don't feed them. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time. Take care. Right. One morning they searched his adobe He disappeared without even a word But that night as the moon crossed the mountain One more coyote was heard And he'd go Yep.